All right, what's up everybody? Sam here from Wall Street Mastermind. I'm back with another client interview today for you guys. Um, today I have Tristan with me. Who uh, Tristan actually has a really interesting story um, because he actually went to military school for college, which uh, you know you don't you don't see that often, I would say. And uh, Tristan also, let's see, it's October third right now, and uh, Tristan actually started working with us at Walshire Mastermind. I think back in like mid July and. Uh, and it was actually a couple months after he had already graduated from school. So not our, uh, not like the most, you know, typical profile for clients that we usually work with, but we're happy to say that, you know, in a little over two months, um, he recently just signed his investment banking job offer. And so just wanted to get him to come on here and talk about his experience and share, uh, share kind of how he was able to do that. Um, despite all the challenges he had to overcome. So hopefully you guys benefit from this, but Tristan, uh, thank you for taking the time to do this. Yeah, no problem. Um, so before we dive in, like, you know, I know I gave a really high level overview, but why don't you kind of introduce yourself a little bit just so people kind of know your background? Yeah, so I went to Virginia Military Institute uh, for those of you that don't know, it's uh, in Lexington, Virginia, also known as the West Point of the South. Um, played Division I lacrosse there, was an economics and business major. And uh, originally, my you know plan after school was to try and uh, become an Army officer and then uh, go to business school and then break into IB from there. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, actually tore my labrum in my hip playing lacrosse. Uh, and the way the army works is, you know, you can't get your, you know, you have to go through all the paperwork and everything. And really from there, I was kind of like, you know, just hurry up and wait is what they say in the army. And I didn't really get the final go ahead, you know, that I didn't know what was going to happen until about two weeks before I graduated, mm -hmm. uh, which was in May. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so then I graduated in May and, uh, you know, basically had no idea what I was going to do. Because uh, you know that whole game plan for me and my five-year plan, I went right out the door. Right, right. I mean, that must have been just devastating for you because you know you feel like you have everything planned out. You're gonna go to the army, then go to business school, then do investment banking after that. Like you had your eyes set on investment banking, but you thought you were gonna be able to, you know, go in the kind of the more traditional route, right? By going to going to business school and then that all kind of got thrown out the window just because of this injury. So, I mean, how were you feeling at the time? Like you had already missed the entire recruiting process, right? Um, how yeah. Were, how were you, like, what was the, kind of take us back to that moment when you realized like, oh shoot, I actually, I'm not going to the army. I got to find a job. Like, what was that feeling like? Yeah, well, I guess, um, you know, for me, one of the reasons why I chose VMI was because of what you just mentioned there. And uh, I don't really know if there's a way to, you know, quantify how I felt other than, you know, it was probably one of the worst feelings I had just because, you know, here I am thinking I had my whole life planned out. You know, I'm definitely on that route. Um, you know, wasn't the best in school, but I did pretty well for the, you know, for what my GPA was uh, there. And then, you know, I had the whole lacrosse gig for me, going for me. 
And then more importantly, you know, I knew I was starting to network early and um, I saw how some of the guys from VMI, you know, used their army experience to try and break into the, you know, the bulge brackets after going from, you know, you know, one of the top seven business schools. And then, uh, you know, you get that moment where you're like, wow, that goes right out the window and you're like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. And, uh, or my case is like, oh my gosh, I need to find a job or I'm living in my mom's basement for a while. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you were, so you were living with your mom, trying to find a job, right? You didn't have a job. What were, like, when you first came to me, I remember you had like several different options in terms of like jobs that were available to you at the time. Right? Do you remember what they were? Yeah. So um, I actually had a offer in Chicago um, to do mergers and acquisitions at a boutique. And then I went through that whole recruiting process. And then about a couple of weeks before I was supposed to start that, the firm uh, didn't do too well. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, they had to, they had to rescind my offer, which was one of the crazier things that happened to me. So mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, going from despair to like, wow, I got a job back to that moment again, that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I guess the best part about VMI was, you know, really I got that resilience where I was like, okay, time to get back in the grind mode. So then before I started talking with you, Sam, um, you know, I had a credit analyst position that I interviewed for that I got a call back for. And then um, I had a couple of other offers with just doing business and finance related, but it wouldn't, wasn't anything that I wanted to do in terms of, you know, my sites of, you know, breaking into investment banking. Right. Right. And I think that, um, <clears throat> Obviously, you know, you coming from VMI, which is obviously not a target school. I mean, like, I think bankers, they love like that military background. And like you said, if you had gone to business school with the military background, like you went to an M7, I think that would have been like a pretty, well, I don't want to say easy, but probably as good of a path as you can have in terms of breaking in, right? But coming out of undergrad from a non-target, with like, you know, a 3.0 GPA and missing the entire recruiting process at the prime, probably, I don't know, if you had to guess back then what your chances were of breaking into banking right out of undergrad, like what, what would you say it would have been at? Pretty close to zero, if we're being honest with you. Um, <laughs> as of right now, I, from what I understand, other than another kid in my class actually, Um, We are the first two to get into investment banking uh, right out of undergrad from our school. So this year was the first year uh, we were able to do that. Wow. Ever or just this for your class? Yeah, no ever. Wow. You guys are the first two from VMI to ever get into banking right out of undergrad. That's great. Oh, so most of the alumni from VMI, they have to go back to business school first is what you're saying. Yes, that is correct. So uh, almost all of them, you know, I would say did um, either one of them, you know, Army all the way to Air Force, everything in between, and then did business school and then got in as an associate or something like that. But the other kid that you know, I went to school with, he's actually doing public finance. So, um, you know, I like to say I got into the true part of the investment bank you know, just because <laughs> I know I'm not friends with him, but yeah, that's a little rivalry we got going on. <laughs> Well, plus, like, I'm guessing he went through the normal recruiting timeline, right? So, like, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I can actually, yeah. So he, um, he, he actually did an, you know, summer analyst with the firm, um, and then you know, speaking with him, he didn't like public finance. He, um, 
you know, wasn't like what he wanted to do necessarily. So he tried recruiting for other parts, didn't get in, and then ultimately went back mm. to doing that. And, you know, we kind of discussed the differences. And I guess the, you know, the main difference was he had a better GPA than me. <laughs> so he definitely had a lot, you know, he had a three, four, three, five mm. come out of VMI. And then um, he was staying in the Virginia area. So that's, you know, a big Virginia zone. And then for me, you know, when we initially talked, Sam, you know, I was going for New York and something like that. Right, right. Yeah, man, that's crazy. I didn't even realize that you were one of the first two people to ever do that. But um, considering all the circumstances, like the fact that you started after you graduated or basically right when you graduated, the fact that you had a lower GPA than him, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, so, I mean, again, obviously, huge congrats on that. Um, can you talk about a little bit about just kind of what your motivations are for wanting to break into banking? Like, I know you've known that you wanted to work in banking for a long time, but like, why do you want that? Yeah, well, um, you know, thing about me is I grew up really, really poor. Um, mom was a single mother of two. And, uh, you know, I vividly remember eating McDonald's you know, for three meals, three meals a day, uh, especially off the dollar menu. So that was like one of the things, wow. um, you know, I grew up with and yeah. And, you know, I kind of, you know, seeing it now and, you know, seeing my mom, you know, it's like definitely a game changer, but, you know, we lived on Long Island, you know, the Hamptons is, you know, 30, 40 minutes away from me. And I always used to see these guys, you know, taking the LIRR out there. I'm just like, I never knew what they did. And, you know, it always used to be like they work at the big banks, but I never knew, you know, who they were, what they did. But I always used to see that type of, you know, type of guys going out there. I was like, wow, I, that's something I want to do. You know, I want to make sure, you know, if I can work the hours and work hard, you know, I definitely should be able to enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like the true rags to riches story, man. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, I, I definitely respect that. That's um, to overcome like what you had to overcome and all the obstacles that were kind of thrown your way, all the curveballs, you know, the injury, getting your offer rescinded for no reason. I mean, and to still end up where you're at, like you say, it just speaks to, I guess, your resilience, right? To like that that mentality of, you know, never giving up um, until you really achieve your goal. So major props for that, for sure. Um, so talk to us a little bit about kind of what you were doing prior to Wall Street Mastermind. So like, obviously you knew, you already knew you want to recruit for banking. And in fact, I think you have been recruiting for banking already, right? So what were some mm -hmm. of the other um, resources that you had been using to kind of help yourself prepare for the process yeah so um you know when i first so i the funny thing i should say about me is like i didn't even know about investment banking until after my you know sophomore year so i had a junior internship at a bank and uh right on wall street but i wasn't doing any of that type i was more of a rotational financial analyst role so i didn't really know anything about investment banking until going into my senior year and then as you know, and everyone I hope knows is that that's super, super late to the game. And um, I guess what I knew, what what I need to do is like, I need to familiarize myself. So, you know, I did the Wall Street prep program. Uh, to be honest, that was no help to me whatsoever. Um, you know, it's just a guy clicking on a PowerPoint. And for me, uh, personally, I like to learn, you know, actually doing something and 
in person or you're following steps because that, then I actually get to know, you know, what I'm doing and how and Excel, everything flows together. I was definitely using the wall street Oasis, you know, online. It was kind of helpful for certain things, but it kind of was, you know, the same thing I already knew is like networking resumes. Like that's no help to me. You know, I had a 303 GPA, uh, you know, everyone else I'm competing against has, you know, three, five and up. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I did the invest like the street analyst program, I personally enjoyed that because I made models and uh, got referenced in my interviews and it was just more so a conversation starter because I got to say, hey, I'm actually putting in the time to do this and, you know, it really helped with being able to say, hey, this is what I wanted to do. And then, um, you know, on Facebook, and it always kept coming up these ads. It's funny how Facebook is with the Wall Street, you know, mastermind program. And I kept seeing, you know, the first time I saw it, it was in the winter um you know success story i think it was pablo or something at the time uh how he jumped from i want to say like audit or tax and he made the jump uh to ib well who is this guy you know what are these facebook ads popping up and then you know another one kept popping up you know i want to say in january and they just kept popping up all the way leading to the time where my uh my offer got rescinded in chicago I was just like, you know what? I need to speak to this guy because if anything, he'll at least give me his advice mm. and he'll be able to tell me like if I have a shot at doing this. Mm. Right, right. Okay. So then we talked, right? So you saw these ads. Yeah, the guy that was went from audit to uh, to banking was Brandon. Um, but yeah, he's a similar situation. Or it's not completely the same, but similar as in, he, grad, he tried to get into banking, he graduated without a banking job, so he went into accounting, and he hated it, and he wanted to switch over to banking, and that's kind of when he came to us. Um, so he was also kind of a, a, an atypical, you know, non-traditional candidate. Um, but so we talked, right? So we, you booked a strategy session, um, and then we talked, and then what happened after that? What happened from there? Yeah, so my mom uh, said I was crazy, uh, first thing, you know, in terms of trying to spend money to get this. Uh, she thought I was absolute, you know, nuts in the head. Uh, you know, my some other people thought I was crazy, but, um, you know, so I said, all right, well, you know, let me have, I had a couple more interviews. Uh, one was with Equitech. Um, I was a finalist there, and then, you know, they went with another candidate. Uh, so that kind of hurt for their investment banking division, but then they called me in again to do, um, for a consulting position, which, you know, at the time I was willing to take anything just because, you know, I was still living at my parents' house. Right. Uh, so did that. And then, uh, I got in there and then they said they wanted someone, uh, consulting specific experience. So I was just like, well, call me back if you wanted someone with that, but it didn't make sense to me, but I guess, you know, didn't interview well. Right. Uh, that's what I say. Um, and then I had an interview for credit analyst position, uh, selected for the next round. I declined it, didn't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. And then um, I had another interview with a corporate development position uh, with American Dental. I didn't get it. Um, you know, that's what I think. You know, I just never got the callback, whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, that's when it got to the point where I was like, my mom thought it was a scam. I was just like, listen, like, it's my money. Um, if I'm going to spend it, you know, to work with this guy, you know, whatever the cost is uh, in terms of working with him now, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does, mom, then, you know, what are you going to say then? <laughs> Got her to agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I, like that's, um, look, so many students I talk to run into that, right? Like that exact thing you just described, not the part about like interviewing with all these other firms before they decide to work with me. I mean, back then I was like, hey, yeah, that's totally cool. It makes sense. You got these other opportunities that you're kind of close on. If you can get it, then maybe you don't need to work with me. So then we just, we just gave you some time to go and see if you could get those, right? Um, and then when they didn't work out and you came back, and you say you want to do this, but your mom wasn't really on board with it. I mean, I can't tell you how many students I've talked to who really wanted to work with me, but then their parents said no, right? Um, yeah. And then the difference is like sometimes um, the student will do what you did, which is they'll say, well, you know what? Like, I need to do this. Like, I have to get this job. And I'm absolutely committed to doing whatever I got to do to get it. And then they'll just do it regardless of what their parents think. And then other times, like a lot of students, I would say a lot of students, probably more than half of the students, if their parents say no, um, then they just won't do it. Right. And to me, I totally get it. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, you know, we trust our parents and they're, they've been looking out for us our entire lives. And so, if they tell us that something's probably a scam, it's easy to just say, okay, then it's probably a scam, right? Um, yeah. But, but, but the reality is, you know, obviously you and I know that I'm not a scam, but also like a lot of times I'm just like, you know, what I always tell people is your parents, they love you, but sometimes they give you advice um, when they don't have the proper context. Right. Like when they don't yeah. know how difficult investment banking recruiting actually is because they've never done it before. Right. Absolutely. And they also don't understand, like most parents that I talk to, they're not investment bankers. They've never worked on Wall Street. They don't, they maybe have heard the term investment banking, but that's about it. Right. They probably think investment banking has to do with like advising people on what stocks to buy or something. Right. Um, but like, they don't know about, you know, all the benefits and compensation and exit opportunities and, you know, all the, what I call like the, the return or the ROI on this investment, right? And so it's easy for them to, quite frankly, give you bad advice, right? Um, and, and I always tell people too, it's like, look, like at this point, if you're in college, most of the people that are listening to this, they're probably in college. Um, you're pretty much an adult, you know, like when it comes to something like your career, I think it's cool to get your parents input, but if you and your parents disagree on it, ultimately you got to realize it's your career. Like your parents aren't going to be around to be responsible for whatever happens with your career. Right? Like, can you imagine Tristan, if you like listened to your mom and ended up not getting into banking and having a totally different career trajectory and whatever, like, I mean, what's your mom going to be able to do about that? She's not going to, she can't like, maybe she'll apologize. And, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, like, like it doesn't do anything. Right. So. Yeah, uh, no, that's uh that's a great point. You know, I mean, I got to, if you guys are listening to this and you're in college, a uh, little prospect, you know, so I actually worked, um, you know, I had the option of working in a factory this summer or installing turf. Um, and so what I ended up doing was I installed turf this summer 
you know, from 5 a.m. to whenever they finish. And I worked in unpaid investment banking internship remotely, um, you know, just to get that experience. And, you know, that's kind of how I compromised with my mom saying, you know, I'd be able to afford, you know, being able to rent, you know, in my house and everything and making making my car payments and things like that. But, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, you are in charge, you know, of what you do in life. And, you know, it was kind of, you know, I went against my mom, which I've never done before. And, you know, what Sam just mentioned, you know, the return on investment was, you know, in this case for me, I landed an offer um, just from pure grinding and willing to do the necessary work to get in. And I think that's the big difference I've seen. You know, I've listened to a couple of these interviews before and it's always been at the end of the day the person or the student or whoever has chosen you know to make that difference in terms of you know decision making and say yes i'm committed to working and i want to do this yeah absolutely right and the funny thing is um i've actually gone back and looked at this because a third of my clients actually end up paying for this program on their own and about two thirds of my clients, their parents pay for the program. And the clients who end up paying for it on their own, they're always super committed to the process. They're always like super committed to doing the work because they have so much skin in the game, you know? Yeah. And at that point it's like, there's no other option but to get the offer, right? Cause think about like, you know, you're, you're basically, pushing your chips all in and making it bet on yourself. Um, and like failure is not an option, right? And those clients who have more skin in the game, they tend to get the most extraordinary outcomes, right? Versus I've also had clients that I'm not saying all my clients do this, but I've had clients that, um, this is a small minority, but I've, I've had clients that join the program and then they don't do the work and they quit or they quit like two or three weeks in the program. And guess who paid for the program? It was their parents, right? Because yeah. they have no skin in the game and they're like, oh, wow, actually, <clears throat> investment banking recruiting is much harder than I thought. I don't think I want to do this anymore. It was like, okay, well, then um, obviously you're not going to get the job then, right? Because, like, I mean, I'm not getting the job for you. I'm just helping you along the way, right? Um, yeah. And there's like, people are like, well, how do I know it's going to work? And there's no guarantees, right? Um, yeah, there are no guarantees. You can't no, guarantee that. Yeah, there were no guarantees when you came in, Tristan, right? Um, but it's like, again, going back to my point, it's like, I'd rather live in a way where I own all my decisions and I take responsibility for the consequences of my actions, right? Like, if I do what I wanted to do and it doesn't work out, I can live with that. But if I do what my mom wanted me to do or what my dad wanted me to do and it wasn't what I wanted to do and it doesn't work out, I'm going to be resentful for like the rest of my life. Right. Cause I'm going to be like, why did I listen to you? Right. Um, yeah. If I, uh, if I listened to my mom, I would have got a compliance job at a bank in the city. So it's a big difference there. <laughs> well, look, I'm glad that, you know, we worked, we worked, uh, that it worked out for you. I, I still remember like first thing when you joined the program, you're like, my mom thinks this is a scam. Uh, I can't wait for the day that I can tell her, like, I told you so or whatever. And so I was like, yeah, let's freaking do it. Right. Like we got to make it happen. Cause I don't want anyone out there thinking I'm a scam either, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I, she definitely got one of those over dinner when I came home from Virginia and had the offer. Uh, I said, I told you. <laughs> but uh, what did she say? <laughs> well, it was she was very excited for me, obviously, but she's right. more so. She's like, oh wait, I completely forgot your work with them. I was like, well, what do you think? Like, how do you think I went from, you know, interviewing for Mequitech and you know, quote unquote, you know, going with somebody else to. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, I originally interviewed for B. Riley at VR for their capital markets position. Um, I told Sam, I thought I had it in the bag. Uh, they declined me, actually. And then the following Monday, because I was still in Virginia, they brought me in again. And, uh, you know, a generalist position, which is you know, a lot better. A lot to do with the fact with how I told my story, you know, which I worked on with Sam and just also, you know, how I delivered, you know, one of the biggest questions I got was, you know, what's the biggest skill you bring to the table? And, um, you know, at the end of the day, the head managing director, he told me, you know, I answered it very well because most of the people were telling me, you know, they're hardworking or, you know, they're smart or something like that. And he's like, I hear that every time, but you know, I told them, you know, attention to detail, you know, from the army, you know, from lacrosse, all this other stuff. And he loved that, but I wouldn't have necessarily said that um, if it wasn't for Sam, because, you know, he told me to stand out and be that atypical candidate in that case. Yeah, man. I mean, the fact that, so the capital, just so, just so that our listeners understand the capital markets opening, they have one job, right? They have one opening. Yeah. And then they gave it to someone else, but they liked you so much, or at least some of these people, like some of the managing directors and stuff that met you, they liked you so much that they basically went and figured out another way to place you in just like the generalist investment banking pool instead. It's almost like they created this other opening for you, right? This other headcount just so they can hire you, right? And then they brought you back for another. I guess you could call it a super day, but from the sounds of it, like, you know, it, 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 it seems like you already had the job before you walked in there. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's correct. So the generous position is actually what all their analysts do um, in terms, so they get to work on all the deals. And so, uh, you know, the head managing director that I initially networked with, uh, you know, really liked my story. He told me, he's like, get in here at uh, 930. Uh, on Monday, I was like, I don't have a suit. I hope you don't mind. You know, I was helping my aunt move at the time. And uh, he's like, no, I don't care. Just show up. And, you know, the way he worded it kind of sounded like, oh, well, that's weird. You know, he just turned me down for the capital market stuff. Weird how you're telling me to get in here. But I was like, will do. And, uh, yeah, I think I had the job before I even walked in there. Um, I remember interviewing over the phone with someone in L.A. And he's like, um, tell them I gave you the yes and to get you in the office as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome, man. Cause like, like you said, to be able to get them to do that for you, you had to really, really impress some people, right? Not just like anybody, but you had to impress the important people at the firm, like the people that actually had the pool to be able to make these types of exceptions happen. Right. Um, and so I'm glad that, you know, all the behavioral work that we did and developing your story and talking about your strengths and highlighting the right things, that all of that stuff paid off, right? Um, aside from kind of the behavioral stuff, like 
were there anything else that kind of you and I worked on together that you found to be really beneficial for you as you were going through this process? Yeah, well, I mean, besides behavioral stuff, you know, I think from module one all the way to, you know, walk me through the three statements and everything has been, I want to say the biggest game changer in terms of how I look at certain things and how I even speak or answer questions. I mean, the biggest thing I found very helpful was I remember, I remember, I don't know if you remember, Sam was, you know, the hard question you gave me through, uh, you know, our initial conversation was like a hundred dollars out of the inventory impacting three statements. And I gave you the, uh, I didn't memorize that question. I can't give you the answer. Um, <laughs> So that for you guys that are listening, you know, I did not know how to answer that, you know, for all my interviews before I just kind of memorized everything. I really didn't know how the three statements, you know, worked in terms of being able to speak about it. Mm -hmm. I think the greatest thing that we worked on was I had the full confidence, you know, going into my interviews that if I got any technical, not only was I able to answer it, but I could answer it, you know, confidently and, you know, really much say, wow, I got that right you know, right on the spot. And I think the difference in my confidence level walking into the interviews was the biggest attribute to me because I really wasn't nervous. Mm. And I, I think that helped me a lot. Right. Right. No, and that's a great point is that, I mean, because before when you were using, you know, Wall Street Prep or Wall Street Oasis or, you know, probably the same interview guys that everyone's using and you're just memorizing these things, it's hard to be confident when you're just going off of memorization, right? Because you're always worried about, oh, are they going to ask me the questions that I actually memorized or are they going to ask me something that I haven't memorized, right? And so you, you can never know for sure that you're going to be able to ace whatever they throw at you. The way that we teach technicals in the program is we don't make you memorize anything, right? I don't think I make, make you memorize a single thing. Like everything is just teaching you how the concepts actually work right? Like having a fundamental conceptual understanding um, of all the technical topics so that it doesn't really matter what they ask you, right? Like you, no matter what they ask you, you're going to adapt and be able to think on your feet and give them the right answer, right? And I remember by the end of the program, uh, before you had these interviews and we were doing mock interviews, I had no idea what to expect because I think that was like our first mock interview that we had done. And uh, you knocked it out of the park. And I was like, man, like you're ready. You know, like I was like, you're going to, you're going to go out and you're going to crush it, um, which is exactly what you did. So that's, uh, that's awesome, man. I mean, obviously you have to put in the work to make that happen, but um, you definitely came a long way in just like two short months. Right. Um, so well done for that. Um, any last minute advice for, uh, for our listeners on, you know, just anything recruiting related in general or whatever you want to tell them? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing or the first thing I'll say that really impacted me was, you know, Sam is not going to guarantee you anything. Um, you just heard him, you know, say before, unless you have skin in the game um, and you really want it, you're not going to have that super high success rate. You know, for me, in my case, that was I shelled out the money. I had to pay on pay for it on my own. You know, I, I did turf from 5 a.m. to whenever we finished and did a non-paid thing, investment banking internship, just to say I had that on my resume and I wanted it. Um, you know, if you don't have skin in the game or you're going to waste this time, you know, just 
don't even bother because you're not going to get anywhere and you're just going to end up losing money. It's not worth it. Um, And I guess the other thing is, you know, in terms of networking and everything, you know, I think I sent over, I want to say close to a thousand plus emails, Mm. as crazy as that's going to sound. How many of those happen after you join the program? I'm just curious. 500 at least. Okay. So you sent over 500 yeah. emails in like two months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. I was, uh, I was on the phone a lot, <laughs> you could say. Yep. And would you say like, kind of like the, the way we walk you through the networking process was that kind of different from how you were thinking about networking before you came in or like, what did you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So originally when I was networking, I was, you know, trying to go through my alumni connections or, you know, Washington Lee is right next to VMI and they have a pretty high rate for going into IB. So I was trying to use that connection. I was really trying to use any connection that I had. And then, uh, you know, once we went through the networking module, I changed up, you know, how I sent emails, you know, to kind of find a style that was working the best. You know, obviously you're going to get, you know, some people that don't answer and you're going to get people that answer, but, you know, I wanted to see what the best success rate was for me in my case. And then really I was willing to just send an email to, I think anybody who would ever be, you know, be willing to speak with me. And that was the biggest difference was how I found those people and how I targeted them or, you know, what I brought up, you know, in our conversation to get them to like me more. Mm-hmm. Um, so the net- networking module definitely helped in terms of how I changed my style yep. in terms of speaking with people. Yeah. I think it's hard for people. To, it's always hard for people to imagine um, like what we could possibly teach them about networking. Right. Cause, you, Cause people always come and think like, well, networking, I mean, I know how to network. Like just like send out some emails, try to talk to people you know, ask them some canned questions about how they got to this point in their career and then like hope they give me a referral, right? Like that's, that's what most people think networking is. But in reality, um, there's a lot more to it than that, right? Like we always say, or I always tell my clients, like networking is just another form of interviewing, right? It's just, yeah, it's that, the, it's the absolutely. It's the interview before the real interview. You're auditioning for the opportunity to actually interview. Right. And so, yeah, yep. a lot of people are really, really bad at having these networking conversations. And if you're bad at having those conversations, I don't care how many people you talk to, they're not going to refer you. Right. Versus like your situations, like, Hey, when you like, how did you, how did you find this, uh, FBR opportunity by the way? Uh, through networking. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, the first thing, <laughs> yeah networking uh you know before you know um you know how i got the initial interview was i think i spoke to someone in new york who then referred me to someone in virginia uh that's a ceo of a privately really really big private company so i spoke to the ceo of a really really big private company because he went to school with him and sent my resume into and then someone at B. Riley. And then uh, I spoke to that guy who's now my boss. And so that's how that happened. But I went all over the place in the country just to get that initial introduction. Yeah. And I mean, think about how many people you had to impress or win over 
along the way just to get that opportunity, right? You had to, like, every single person you talked to along the way could have just decided that, no, I'm not going to help this guy, right? Like, no, this guy has already graduated from college. No, he, like, you know, doesn't have a super high GPA. No, he didn't go to target school, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a lot of reasons they could have had for just not going out of their way to help you. But every single person in that process that you came across decided that they wanted to help you. And that comes down to you being super, super effective at having those conversations, right? And, and the way you were positioning yourself as a candidate and telling your story and really winning them over and saying, yeah, oh, wow, I want to help this guy. Um, that's how you came up with this phenomenal, you know, opportunity. I mean, FBR is like a super legit bank, right? And, and for, for, for you to get that, you know, whatever, three, four, what is it, five months now, five months after you graduate college, that's almost unheard of, right? And so that's, that's what networking can do, man. So like some people, like people, there's so much networking that um, people just don't understand. And it's like, I just, I really want to drive that point home. It's like, if you think you already know everything you, there is to know about networking, um, you probably don't, right? Like the, the, most, the most ignorant people are always the most confident because they think they already know everything. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the other, the, you know, piggyback off that was you never know who you're going to speak to or network with that has a friend of a friend of a friend. I mean, um, you know, because of what I've done now, um, I actually had lunch with a guy that went to Brown. He's a really big finance guy in the city, you know, while I'm still in New York before I moved down to Arlington. But, um, you know, that, I, that, came about you know he wanted to actually have lunch with me because he heard my story from a friend and um you know i couldn't believe i had lunch with him the other day but that was just because i spoke to somebody off a non-finance related you know conversation just had to do with you know he played lacrosse somewhere on long island and i just was you know giving him a little stuff because my high school team was better but and i told him you know what i was doing and he's like oh wow i know some people you know i'll be in touch i was like okay i don't know what that means but looking forward to it and uh you know that led to me having lunch with that guy and it was pretty insane you know because he told me how he heard about me that's that's amazing man that's 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 an amazing story so yeah man i mean look uh you obviously did a lot of things right and you um took a risk you bet on yourself you're super committed you obviously did all the hard work you grinded it out you sent over 500 emails you landed this phenomenal opportunity I mean, you totally, you earned it, man. Like you deserve this and I'm so happy for you. Um, and, you know, you are a testament to the fact that, you know, if you're committed enough, um, anything is possible, right? I think a lot of times people tell themselves all these stories and reasons or like whatever, self-limiting beliefs and excuses for why they're not going to be able to get in banking. And it's like, well, I don't know. You probably haven't tried hard enough or you haven't done everything there is to do, you know? So um, anyway, for all of you that are listening, hopefully, you know, Tristan's story gives you some inspiration um, to keep fighting the good fight, right? To keep continuing down this path that you're currently on, assuming this is something you really want to do, right? Uh, and obviously, you know, having the desire, um, that's just the first step, right? You need to have um, the right game plan and the right strategies and the right 
you know, skill set and knowledge and network. There are a lot of things, a lot of different pieces that need to fall into place for you to actually get to that end goal, right? Like getting into investment banking, you know, it's not easy, right? Um, very few people who want to do it are actually able to do it. And so you got to ask yourself, it's like, what are you currently missing, right? And you got to put your ego aside and say, hey, these are the things I don't know how to do. And if I can't figure it out on my own, I got to go out and get help, right? And so if you're looking for help with investment banking recruiting, right, whatever, whichever aspect of it, um, I would encourage you to book a strategy session with our team, okay? So um, the strategy session is free, right? It's basically that first conversation that Tristan and I had. Like he said, he came into it just at a minimum, you get a bunch of free advice, right? And you have nothing to lose. Like we don't work with every single person that we talk to sometimes um, because we don't think we are the best fit to help them. And sometimes because they don't want to, and that's totally fine. Right. But either way, um, what I can promise you is you're going to find this call to be highly valuable. Right. And it'll just give you a lot of new perspective that you probably currently don't have. Um, and if we find out that, Hey, we are a great fit to, to work together. That's cool too. Then, then we work together and then we'll try to get you, you know, a phenomenal outcome like we've done for Tristan. But if not, then, you know, at a minimum, we want to just want to help you get one step closer to your dreams. Right. So um, if you want to book the strategy session, you can do so at www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Okay. The street in the URL is abbreviated to ST. So it's wall ST mastermind.com slash apply okay and you'll get on the phone speak with uh, one of our team members and then uh you know we will give you the best advice we have for you based on your situation after we learn you know what challenges you're currently having what you've already been doing and things like that okay so that's gonna be it for today guys um tristan again i want to thank you so much for just taking the time to come on and share your advice with everybody. I know you're in the middle of moving um, before starting your new job. So um, you're super busy and I appreciate you for doing this and uh, definitely stay in touch. Don't be a stranger. And I look forward to, you know, following kind of your progress and your, all the success that's to come um, as you progress in your career. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, thanks for working with me, Sam. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, it was my pleasure. All right, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. And, uh, you know, as always, we'll be back with more of these um, in the near future. Okay? Talk to you guys later. Bye.